All right, good evening. All right, let's just get started here with uh, uh, back to the basics, uh, the once saved question. Um, we should be finishing this up today. Uh, and next week we'll get into healing faith. But Hebrews 2, we'll start at Hebrews 2 and verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. It says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by, <coughs> by them that heard, them, heard him? All right, let's go here to 1 Timothy 4. But there, you know, it talks about, you know, even how the angels being rebellious, how they were affected by, you know, taking uh, God's kindness for granted, which we'll get into here a little further. So 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 yeah, it says now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil it says in latter times some, some shall depart from the faith it didn't say they'll depart from the faith but still be saved <laughs> right and then let's go to Romans 1 It's just some of this is uh, some some review just to set a look a foundation for what we're going to talk about today. But Romans one verse seventeen it says, "For therein is the righteousness of God. Re for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith." And we always talk about it here at the church. Is not uh, a saved moment it's living a saved life so having salvation and living it out is two different things we're saved by Christ but we live in that salvation by faith so having salvation and living out that salvation is two different things having salvation and living out that salvation is two different things again we're saved by Christ but we live in that salvation that by faith. And then uh, Romans 6. Romans 6. Romans 6 verse 1 um, uh, states, this is this. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Then, of course, the scripture says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer Therein, uh, of course, they're in that sin. And then uh, verses uh, Romans six verses fifteen and sixteen, fourteen through sixteen, fourteen and fifteen, four, fourteen through sixteen it says, "For sin is sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under." 
the law but under grace you know that's a scripture that people highlight uh, more than anything else it says what then shall we sin because uh, we are not under the law but under grace it says God forbid know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey his servant ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness and then verse 23 it says for the wages or the payment of sin is death for the gift of God is eternal life the payment of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life so salvation is a result of the gift from God it's not a earned payment for services rendered it's a it's a gift um, let's go here to Ephesians 2 Ephesians 2 so we walk through Hebrews 2 that says uh, don't neglect your salvation first Timothy 4 it says in latter times people will depart from the faith right and then the Bible says the just shall live by faith in Romans 1 17 and then Romans 6 we went through it says uh, shall we sin shall grace shall abound it says God forbid and uh, because we understand that the wages or the payment for sin is death so something has to die if there's sin where did I tell you to go Ephesians yeah Ephesians 2 so Ephesians 2 uh, verse 8 this is one of the survival kit scriptures it says for, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them so, so again it, it says not of works and so a lot of people say you know it's not about doing works but what it here is talking about atonement for it's, it's like you're saved by grace. The kindness of God has taken care of or paid the price for your sin, your atonement. It's not talking about the life that you live every day. It's talking about your atonement, you know. So it's almost like a reset. You're given an opportunity for a reset. And when you see that word grace there, it's kindness. It's it's kindness for for by God's kindness you are saved through faith well his kindness he paid the price for your sin even though you know we deserve the payment he paid it for us so by his his grace or his kindness or his favor you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not by works lest any man should boast it is the gift of God. So you don't have to work for salvation. You don't have to work for salvation. But you do have to work it out by living in faith or enduring to the end. So look, let's go over to the next book after Ephesians, which is Philippians. Chapter 2. Verse 12. Philippians 2. Verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have not always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not, but now much more in my absence, look, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we're afforded the salvation through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, which we'll talk about on Sunday. But we have to work out that salvation. We, the, we have access to the salvation, but we have to work it out with fear and trembling, with reverence, right? 
Uh, so Ephesians 2.10 says something. Let's go back over to Ephesians 2.10. Because a lot of times when people talk about grace, and this is not a message to combat or expose anybody, you know, I go into every situation believing that sometimes uh, they don't know. And this is not like Pastor Keith is all-knowing and all these other men of God are idiots. No, this is just something I've exhaustively studied out. Maybe they might not have studied it out, you know. But there might be 35 other things they've studied out that Pastor Keith needs to get a revelation on. All right. So verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So a lot of times uh, people, you know, when people talk of highlight grace or we're not under the law, we're under grace. So anything you try to do righteous or try to live righteous, they'll say, well, you see, you're, you're just trying to live according to the law. You're operating in works. But here in Ephesians 2.10, it says uh, we are created in, we, we are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So there's some, some works that we should do there good works though now now the good works we can you can put in parentheses if you're taking notes or 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 have this thought it's sharing and caring that's what good works are sharing and caring so you know we are not saved because of our good works but we are saved to do good works see our good works don't save us but we are saved to do good works and that's sharing and caring and so that's why it's so tough when we isolate ourselves because we're not functioning out of our design. The scripture says in Psalm 1 that we shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in our season. Now, how do you produce anything if you isolate yourself? Like who partakes of your fruit, right? So who, like, like even sometimes we'll spend our time playing off of uh, the good and bad in our life, the missed opportunities in our life, the things that we believe we should deserve in our life, or, or whether it's this is tragic or, that, or what type of God would do this, that, and the other. All that is a diversion from us doing good work, sharing and caring. You know, so people are, are, are we're focused on maybe the one situation of somebody that's gone through a demise or, or something tragic has happened. And we're focused on that situation and it, it hurts us but we're so locked into that and we use that as an excuse not to move forward and live by faith at the expense of all the lives that we're supposed to be helping. <laughs> so so, so we'll, we'll, we'll let one life that we really don't understand, we don't know their choices, we don't know what they opened themselves up to, we don't know what, what was their design and purpose in life, but we do know something that we're supposed to be fulfilling our purpose. And so, and that is to do good works, share and care, share and care. He that winneth souls is wise. All right, let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. See, again, we're not saved by our good works, but we are saved to do good works. And that's why it's not just... uh, you know, if, you, if 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 how people have ascribed to the message of once saved, always saved is okay. I went to the altar. I'm done. So now they're not even doing good works. They're not impacting lives. 
you know, because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough standard to live righteously, to live holy, to live sanctified. I mean, it's pretty tough, especially in this world. You know, so many things that excuse you from it, water it down. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a whole lot of just subtleties that can, you know, because every time you you wake up and be like, oh, man, that ain't, that ain't right either. Um, and so you could look at it as, oh, man, that ain't right either. Or the way, way we look at it is, whew, glad I discovered that. Because <laughs> that might be, a, you know, just the, the missing ingredient that's holding up my blessing. You know, so it's just it's kind of how you look at it, you know. Uh, so Matthew 25 and verse 40. Start here, verse 40. It says, and the king shall answer. I'll just start there. And the king shall answer um, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. You know, doing good work, sharing and caring. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil as and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a, I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they they also answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, <laughs> or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, or did not minister unto thee? Then he shall answer, Answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away in everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So look, he compared who's going into everlasting punishment and who's going into life eternal to those that are loving, though, loving, sharing, and caring. That that was his criteria, not um, if you just came down to the altar and 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 got your atonement. <laughs> he he compared it to those that are. You got to read through the whole chapter. I don't want that. That would have took a lot of time to read through the whole thing. But that's what he compared it to, right? So it's about sharing and caring. We've been saved for good works. So so grace makes salvation available. Your faith gives you access or the ability to obtain that salvation. It's our job to endure, and that's, you know, to live by faith, operate and live in faith, as good soldiers until the end. It helps us to maintain our salvation. It helps us to maintain our salvation. Right? So let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. So, you know, again, we've been, the scripture says you can neglect your salvation. It says people can fall away or be castaways. We talked about that last week. Um, and so we have a responsibility to hold on to salvation. So let's, uh, let's look at this. I mean, why would the scripture even say that if it's once saved? But uh, let's go 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. 
It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, again, favor, kindness, be strong in that kindness. It says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So, again, remember, we talked about sharing and caring, right? So, you know, we've been afforded stuff. So freely it's been given to us, so we freely were sharing. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. No man that entangleth himself in the affairs of this life, no man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So it says, Don't, so try not to get caught up, right? Right? Try not to get caught up, right? So here, when we talk about, uh, you know, salvation, you know, so you have the opportunity for salvation. You know, we talked about salvation is from the Greek word sozo is wholeness. It's every aspect of your life. It is an aspect of deliverance. Um, it's uh, health. You know, it's uh, great family relations. It's just covering all aspects of your life. And the thing is, we have salvation. This is, you know, it says you shall be saved, but it's not a guarantee that we're going to have eternal life. Now, everybody's going to spend time in eternity. It's just if it's going to be torment or it's going to be eternal life with Christ. And, you know, the scripture says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. So we've been given the keys, but do we have the ability to hold on to the keys? Right? You have the keys to access eternal life, but you have the ability to hold on. Because the scripture says, um, it says, uh, for God so loved the world, he gave his son that we may have, right, everlasting life. Doesn't it say that? So I guess so I sent my son so, you can, so, so everybody has access to everlasting life. But one, it says he came unto his own and they received him not. <laughs> so just because he sent his son, that doesn't, that doesn't guarantee everybody's going to receive this everlasting life. And so let's go to, we're already in Second Timothy, right? Let's go to verse, let's drop down. We'll just do verse 10. It says, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So I, so saying I'm enduring some things, like I'm not just chilling, I'm enduring some things for, so other people can have an opportunity to receive salvation. It says the faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, Yet he abides faithful, for he cannot deny himself. All right, so here, you know, it, it, it says we have to endure some things that the elect may obtain, that other people can obtain. Uh, Mark chapter 10. So again, this life is, is it's a life of having an opportunity for salvation, but it's not without a responsibility of endurance. We've been given the key to eternal life, but we have to be consistent in our communion with God to hold on to that key. And, and look at it from, this, from the aspect of how sin started. It started, Adam and Eve separated themselves from the presence of God. It was all about God pouring his love 
on on mankind. And so if he sent his son to pay the price for that sin, that separation, you know, uh, we always talk about uh, fish out of water dies, tree out of the ground dies, man out of God dies. He sent his son so we wouldn't die outside of him. So imagine him sending his son. So 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 if I could, uh, I'll just I'll just come down so you don't have to get up here. So if you could stand up, you, you stay where you are. Stay where you are. So oh no, well, let's start here. Start here. Start with me. So she with me, and of course she's experienced. Uh, Everlasting life, right? She's hanging out with me, right? So she makes a decision, go over there, separates herself from me. Well, see, that's not cool. It's not cool for me because I need to pour this love out, and it's not good for her because without the love, she's going to eventually die, right? But I love her, right? So I paid the price, right? So I paid the price for her what? To be, no, 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 stay over there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jumping the gun. Not Nyla. It's like a little granddaughter. All right. All right. All right. So I paid a price for what? For her to what? Be back here. But suppose I paid a price and she goes what? Uh, once saved, always saved. So she, she, so the price is paid, but she's still there. Did I pay the price for her to still be over there? <laughs> I paid the price for her to, now we rolling, for her to come back with me. Now, why she's back with me is the adversary going to be like, oh, well, she's back. Nothing I could do. There's going to be no more temptation. There's no more pressure. So she's going to have to endure. <laughs> she's going to have to endure to stay with me, right? Right? So, 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 uh, you just grab, yeah. She's got to hold on, right? Because he's going to be trying to pull her, but don't tear the pocket. <laughs> but she's going to have to, she's got to hold on, right? And that's all it's saying. It's saying that, yes, we've been freed up for salvation, but the adversary is going to keep trying to pull us back yeah. out of the presence of God. That makes sense? Yeah. All right, thank you. All right, so we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to endure some things. So Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, my bad. All right, so Matthew chapter 10, 22. And it says, it says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be what? Saved. It's, so it says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my, for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. <laughs> right? So, so so if 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 it's just one saves all always saved, why would you have to endure anything? All you got to do is just do that little one thing at the altar, right? That's that little one thing. That's that's an extreme watering down of what takes place at the altar. I apologize for that. All right, so Matt, um, Mark thirteen. Just another another way of looking. Huh? It's pretty much the same scripture. I just gave you another version of the same scripture. All right, so uh, so so again, the purpose of this is not how could I say you know it's not from the angle of fire and brimstone. It's just from the angle of understanding, like we talked about last week. If you, as I used the example of of of, of Pastor Mel separating from me, if you separate from God, you know the separation facilitates death. 
And so God paid a price for the death to bring you back into fellowship with him. Um, but it doesn't stop there. You got to hold on to your salvation. You know, uh, the scripture says lay hold on eternal life. You know, even faith, faith is an enduring belief. When the son of man comes, shall he find faith, right? It's something that you have to hold on to. And, and, and as we talked about last week, if you don't understand, if you, if you, I have to say this respectfully, but I'm responsible for this house. So if, if we ascribe to the, the, the once saved, always saved philosophy, then as we sin, why would we repent for it? And so we're carrying around unrepentant sin. I'm not going to get back into uh, last week's teaching, you, but you can go back and, 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 and study it out for yourself. And that's dangerous to have unrepented sin, unpaid for sin facilitates death, right? That's why we can't be in denial. And so so the thought is, well, you know, okay, I get all that. We've been talking about unrepentant sin. We've been talking about neglecting salvation. I mean, does, does that really mean you, once, once you're saved, because once, once I'm saved and I'm written in a book, I'm good, right? Let's go to Galatians 3. Try to bring this home. Galatians 3, verse 10. Oh, right, so it says, Galatians 3, 10, it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. As for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not. Look, cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. It says, cursed is everyone. Let's go to Matthew 24. Still, I'm, I'm going to bring it home for us in a second, but Matthew 24, 44, 24, 44. It says, therefore, be ye also ready, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, if I'm once saved, always saved, I don't need to be ready. It's already done. Like, I can just chill. Why are you telling me to be ready? I, I'm saved, right? <laughs> but this is saying, be ye also ready. And then it explains verse 45. It says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over the over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Look, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the same phrase used for hell. Same phrase. So he gave this parable that says, whoa, like, you know, when you start to take for granted and you're not locked in and you're not ready and you're not living by faith you know did that day just happen out of nowhere and it and it can cost you um 
Matthew 19. And we'll start here at verse 16. Matthew 19, we'll start here at verse 16. And it says, Behold, uh, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, if the, if the, if the goal is once saved, always saved, Jesus' answer would be what? Oh, dude, you're straight already. <laughs> you're good. Look at Jesus' answer, verse 17. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. It says, it, <laughs> it says, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. It says, But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, interesting. The guy, he's asking Jesus. This is written in red letters. He says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? If Jesus' thought was, hey, once saved, always saved. He would have said, what'd you do to inherit eternal life? Dude, you already have eternal life. Because you've already, you know, once saved, always saved. He said, keep the commandments. He didn't say, oh, when I leave, make sure you attach your faith to me, accept me as your Lord and Savior. He said, to inherit eternal life, Keep the commandments. What is the, uh, it was a survival kit or it was, might have been in the last, the first master life. Uh, if you continue in my words indeed, right? If you continue in my word indeed in what you're doing, right? Continue in my word, right? Which we'll get to that in this. I think I have another scripture here for you. I know I do. I just don't know if we'll get to it. Romans 2 7, but. All right, so, so again, even in asking Jesus, he's talking about continuing my word. Now, some, some people will tell you, you know, if I continue in the word, you know, see, you don't want to be bound by the law. See, once again, there's a correction with saying, like, we're not under or bound or, or uh, handcuffed by the law. We're under grace. That's good. Okay, it's talking about atonement. See, because of the the uh, sin and what the the payment for sin is death and the curses that was attached, poverty, sickness, and death, we were bound by that until Christ came. Then once Christ came, he paid the atonement. But that doesn't mean you're not supposed to live according to the word. Uh, now, the, the, fir the first installment of this class, this, this, I call it class, but... First installment of this teaching, we went to Hebrews 10, where it said that uh, it talked about an old covenant and a new covenant. He said, I got a better covenant, because people also say, oh, we're not under the law. We got a better covenant. You know what that better covenant says? The law is now put in your heart. So if the law has no value, if you shouldn't be living by the word, why would he put it in your heart? Then the scripture says, hey, you think I, I came to get rid of the law? I came to fulfill it. So once again, if he's coming to fulfill the law, he's putting the law in our heart, then these commandments have value. You, we can't just blow them off like, oh, that's back in the day. You ain't got to do that. No, you have to, you have to continue to operate in a place, as I used the example with Pastor Mel, to keep yourself in the presence of God. Everything in this world is trying to pull you out of the presence of God. All right? So hopefully it can steal your life. Uh, let's go to uh, 
hope I got this right. Exodus 32. All right, Exodus 32, and we'll start here reading at 32. It says, yet now, if thou will forgive their sin, and, and, and you know, and, and basically this is, this is a, a, you know, Moses. <laughs> I says, and if not, you know, this is Moses said, man, just forget his sin. He says, if not, blot me. I pray thee out of the book which thou has written. Now, he's talking about out of the book of life. He said, forgive them. Moses was sweet. Like, some of these people, they have some good relationships, right? They be asking questions that I wouldn't even think to ask, right? So almost like challenging God. Okay, well, if you ain't going to forgive them, then blot me out. And look at God's answer. And the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of, the, of my book. So if you sinned against, so, so, so wait a minute. Hold on a second. To blot somebody out of a book, they, they have to be in it, right? Okay, all right. So, so uh, just, just uh, let's, let's, um, 32, 32 and 33. Exodus chapter 32, verses 32 and 33. Sorry, I should have made that clearer. Uh, Ezekiel, let's go to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33. And we're going to read uh, 12. So we're going we're gonna to read 12 through 19, but I'm going to read 12 through 16 out of the New Living Translation. But Ezekiel 33 and 12. Right? Right, it says, therefore, uh, the son of man say unto the children of thy people, uh, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As, as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in in the day that he sinneth. Now, now I'm, I'm going to break it down, but he's basically saying there are people that are righteous. If they fall away, their righteousness doesn't save them. But there are people that are being wicked. If they repent, I'm not holding their unrighteousness against them. All right? So that's probably just a, the, the, the New Living Translation of making Help me make a lot more sense. It says, when I say, well, I'll just read it. Yeah, I'll just read the New Living Translation. I'm reading 12 through 16. It says, son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of the right of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Nor will the wicked behavior of the wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. It says, when I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. I will destroy them for their, sin, their sins. <laughs> kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, I supp I, and suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a debtor's security, return what they have stolen, obey my life-giving laws. 
life-giving laws is what he calls them. No longer doing that, uh, doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. So, so it's saying that you're, you're, and this is what the thought. Once they always say, well, you know, I, you know, back I did righteous. I helped people. I healed the sick, raised the dead. Dead. He said, uh, in the last days, depart from me, you work of inequity. I do not know you. Right? He that endures to the end shall be saved. Revelations three. Let's go to Revelations three. I, you know, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, and just in life in general, I get, you know, just sometimes you just want to chill. I get it. Uh, but I think the way God set this thing up is that we don't take him for granted and that we don't kind of rest in how we were or what we've done. Because some people still riding off of like old Rhema, old Revelation, like as if God doesn't have a fresh life for you, you know, or a fresh connection. Like, like, you know, I was just sitting around um, today. It was coming from the gym earlier this morning. And I was just like, I was just excited about my life with Christ. I've gone through so many different stages of life. Uh, so many different stages of my, my walk with God. But I'm in a, I could, I'm trying to speak for you. I know you're not up here. But we're in a whole other place in our relationship with God. Like, like, I can't even use none of that other stuff. Even some of the accolades. Like, it don't even... It don't have no weight at this level. And like it doesn't, keep it real, to a lot of y'all, it don't even mean nothing. I mean, I could tell you. You'd be like, that's nice. <laughs> like, how does that impact your life? <laughs> that's nice. That's nice you did that, you know. But that, that you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, like, uh, behold, I do a new thing. This is the year of new beginnings. God is always trying to keep it fresh. You know, that's why they couldn't, uh, uh, hold on to that manna too long it would get it would, it would rot right it would get old right and that's what some I think that so I don't think it's a punishment I think God is always evolving into phenomenal new impossible things he wants us to evolve with us with him but I think we want to stay stuck in how things were and you, you, you ever see or ever hear a lot of times in a lot of situations people uh, people trying to uh be like it was in high school or you know maybe where they thought they had fun you know you know or or i remember when i used to do such such and they i'm i'm trying I'm they say they're trying to make a comeback but it's trying to they're trying to make a comeback of of what was when god is trying to get them to what he wants them to be right does that make sense yeah, I know that, that that that's tough, and I'm not saying that you know I've had some good times and stuff like that. Like, man, you know, I I'm, I'm never gonna do some of the things I used to do, never. <laughs> and and keep it real, I don't need to. All right, so Revelation three, this is, this will really interest you. Um, verse five, Revelation three, verse five. It says, "He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name." out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels now look at this it says he that does, does what he that overcometh it says that person sh he will not blot his name out of the book of, book of life so if it's once saved always saved how can your name be blotted out 
Right? That means your name was in the book of life and it could be blotted out if you have not overcome. Uh, let's see. Verse. Uh, uh, Psalm 69. It's another scripture I have for you. I just wrote down the wrong thing. But Psalm 69. Interesting. Your name can be written out of the book of life if you don't overcome, right? Revelations 3 5. So Psalm 69. Verse 28. It says, let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Yeah, of course, that's David. You know, <laughs> you know but it seems like uh, accepting Jesus gets your name written, living an overcoming life, not a, not a cowardly life, keeps your name written. So it seems like accepting Jesus Obtaining salvation gets your name written. But living by faith, having an enduring life, keeps your name written based on some of the converse, some of the scriptures that we read. So we can assume, not trying to be a, a poet, but a reaper isn't a guaranteed keeper. So you may reap the salvation, but it doesn't guarantee you'll keep the salvation. So a reaper is not a guaranteed keeper. You have to endure. Now, you may say to yourself, man, see, it seems like a setup, but it's not a setup. Well, it is a setup. It's a setup for you to live in communion with God. Why would that be an issue? Just like I've, 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 I walk down the aisle with my, my wife, I don't think it's a setup that I have to live a, a consistent life of faith. And I got to be on my P's and Q's like with, with Pastor Melanie Brady. Like I can't just be winging it you know what I'm saying like you know I have to anticipate needs have to get out of here I have to be ready to be spontaneous even if I have a schedule you know what I'm saying I got to be ready to flow at any time you know we was talking about uh uh was it this this morning today sometimes today we were just talking about this is so much stuff but we was having a conversation and we were talking about just the we were talking about sometimes you can get a what is it called OCD is that it? What does that stand for? Obsessive compulsive disorder. So I was saying pretty much all of us can have a tendency to have it, you know, where you just, you got to be regimented. So she was picking with me. She said, yeah, well, baby, you might. Now, now I was picking with her too because I was like, baby, you know, you, you, you do things a certain way. But I was like, well, I definitely, if you ain't figured me out, I definitely have a, a, a regimented, I don't mess around schedule. But what I told her, I was sharing with her, I said, at this stage of my life, what I'll do is when stuff, something doesn't flow my way, I allow it because that's teaching me to float. Or, or if my schedule shifts. I, I'm, before, I used to be like, so this is, this is our conversation. I said, see, see, baby, back in the day, I wouldn't just let it slip. So even if I had a new responsibility, I'm still going to do all the other responsibilities and the new one. And then I can get another responsibility, and I would do still do all the other responsibilities, the new responsibility, and the new new responsibility. Then I get another one, I do all the other, and I, I do them with the same 175%. And she says, well, baby, you don't know how that was affecting me because you was getting it all done, but you were spent. So that means you're a lot more impatient, you're a lot more irritable, 
you know and so what it was is and so so we closed the conversation we really get into it. I said well that is true but what happens is because she says I will be seeing you do all this stuff I said yeah but that didn't change your request <laughs> you know like so if you spontaneously needed something you didn't go man this dude is spent <laughs> you know so I'm spent you would think you know uh, he's spent man I, it'd be like well I still need these 45 different things done, you know, and, and, uh, and then so I would, I would get the 45 things done, but I'm not getting them done, <laughs> you know, like looking all cheerful. And she'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? And in my mind, I'd be like, well, what's wrong with me? It's like, you asked me to do the 45 things and you saw all the, the things I had to do, right? <laughs> uh, this, this is a great point. She said, look, this is a great point. She just said, I didn't have to do the other things. But I did have to do the things that was important to her. <laughs> but this is the point. Like, like, so what I've learned to do is all the other things. If 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 I don't if I don't get them done, if I if I if I don't get them done, it's cool. I just float at that particular time. Like I had these financial things I wanted to do Monday, but that wasn't feasible. Tuesday wasn't feasible. I end up. I normally was go to the gym at five in the morning on Tuesday, but I had to talk to some family. Uh, late, 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 late at night. It was a powerful conversation. But uh, I was like, well, I ain't going to the gym. But before I went to the gym anyway, even if I got to ask her, even if I got an hour sleep, I used to go play ball, it'd be an hour sleep. I'd be on an hour sleep up there balling. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I'm like, I'm, this is my attitude. You ain't changing my schedule. So even if it's a new demand, uh, no, I'm, discipline is I'm going to keep that schedule. Yeah, but I, you can't roll like that all the time. Sometimes you just got to shift some stuff. You got to change some stuff. You know, you, sometimes you, you can't pick up the shoes because you're dead tired. You're going to have to leave the shoes there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't do it, you know. You just, you just can't cook every day sometimes. Now, some of y'all don't cook at all. I'm just saying, for the people that, that may cook every day, you know. All right, so, so, so I, I, I was saying that just, you know, sometimes you just have to let stuff flow. Uh, all right, so let's go to Mark 10 again. Mark chapter 10. Well, Mark chapter 10, I don't know if we went there before. So Mark chapter 10. So again, we talked about overcoming. We talked about the ability to overcome. So Mark 10, 29. Actually, this is one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible. I know I got 1,300 favorites, but this is one of them. Uh, so Mark ten twenty nine it says, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, right? But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life, right? It says, but many that are first shall be last and the uh, and the last first. So it says the people that gave up all shall receive a hundredfold and eternal life. But you notice he said that the people that really endured and 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 when it say gave up is it says for the gospel. A lot of times when you're making a, a beeline for the gospel, everybody is you know, you got people hating, questioning, challenging you. But it's, but when you says like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice 
all the, the, the naysayers and all the compliance and, and how, how, how stupid I look and all the criticism for the gospel say, it says, you'll receive a hundredfold. He says, an eternal life. So it's not a guarantee that you'll have eternal life based on what the scripture says. Because if it was a guarantee, why would he put it in there as a, uh, a reward for enduring criticism, basically, and persecution? Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2. Romans 2. Actually, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is all through Romans 1, chapter 1 through chapter 6. But Romans 2, 7. 6. It says, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Right? So it says, To them who by patient continuance in well doing seek for glory, honor, and immortality, eternal life. Right? It says, Through patient continuance in well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. Behind the comment says eternal life. Patient continuance. It didn't say uh, just the one time when you was at the altar. You have to continue. Uh, to be do this well in patience um, and this is the thing uh, I get the angle again we talked about good works but we'll talk about here you know some of the uh, atoning works that people say you know you've been saved by grace it's not about works so securing eternity would be works like if you did something to secure your eternity or, or, or secure your salvation that, that would be works or you atone securing your atonement is, is, is a better word uh, but appreciation our redemption would be love <laughs> so, so this life that we're trying to live is appreciating our, our redemption that's love that's good works that's sharing and caring I'm so appreciative of what God afforded me I want to share it and I want to care for other people just as much as he cared for me but if our whole life is about uh us and you know you know see there we go man you know I just want to chill I just want to you know you know I just want to sniff a little line just to chill you know that's about you you know I just you know I just want to you know take the edge off that's still about you it's not about sharing and caring <laughs> so so are we doing things to for our relief or the relief of others from the payment of sin. And that's like, and, and, I, and I'll share this in closing. What's stated is, as, as we always say here, a target. It's a target for your life. Like, ain't nobody just gonna wake up and be thinking about others. But it's all connected in God's progression. When I was a child, spake a child, thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put off childish things. Children think about themselves. Even when you have people grow, you know, they turn 18, they act like they're an adult because they're a number. But 18 don't make you an adult. If you still think about yourself, you're a child. If you still bother because things aren't going your way, if all your choices and decisions are centered around you, you're still a child. Because when you mature, you think outside of yourself. You know, think, of, you know, think about those kids. They run here, they're asking questions, stuff like that. They ain't even care about what's going on in here. They're not being disrespectful either. They're just not, they're children. 
The tough part is when you see adults do stuff like that. <laughs> right? Right? So they're just children. They're thinking about themselves. Right? But when you, when you start to really mature, you start thinking out of yourself. But when your whole day is you, how you look, your style, when you, you know, I'm, imagine me rolling my wife. I'm just thinking about her, myself. I, I don't care about a car door. I don't care about what she eat. I don't care about if she gets served properly. I don't care if the food is correct. Matter of, matter of fact, she ain't even there. She's an accessory. She's not. You're never an accessory. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? That's, see, that's selfish. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it not to, for condemnation, but I'm saying, but it is. So there's, we have to mature beyond that. Now we, because there could be somebody around you crying, hurting. But you, but, but you getting your biscuits in. Man, I need some biscuits right here. Right? Person right now hurting, they need Jesus. But you shopping them biscuits up. Man, I, hey, I love we come to this place, baby. <laughs> right? Like, like we're not, we don't, we're not sensitive to our audience and we really don't care to share sometimes. And we definitely ain't gonna be interrupted. We, 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 well, we have a, this is how we flow. We have a particular schedule. We're keeping to our schedule. And, and I wanted to challenge you, like, if we're gonna do this right, your schedule can't be more important than God's schedule. It's just, I'm just saying, think about it. You know, it's, it's, it's my schedule can be well my schedule is not more important than God's schedule and, and that's not just as a pastor she'll tell you like oh oh no 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 God's doing something we just, I change what I'm doing so so again that's not that's like God saying if I'm most important to you who do you think you're going to be to me but if I'm like honorable mention if all these other priorities are in place before me like, I'm not important to you. So, like, I, I know in your life, other people may 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 let you uh, take them for granted, but I'm God. I'm not just going to let you take me for granted. <laughs> it's, it's not happening like that. <laughs> right? So just, you know, it's just something to think about as as we we continue to grow. I, I wanted to hit the, the one save because we're really in a culture of, of compromise, watered down, and it's not it's not always fire and brimstone, it's not always people going, Oh, so you you think you are holy? You got those people, but some people it's just subtle, like me and Sammy, I'm a Christian too. You know, like it's just, so it's just so subtle, you know, like how people are just weakening your ability to be fulfilled. I, I'm gonna repeat that. People are weakening your ability to be fulfilled. And and that's like that should take first priority. And so like sometimes you gotta sit down and measure your life on where am I on, like uh, you know, they would think, they, would, they wanted to put the thermometer to uh, say how, how much we have in the reserve account all the time. So I'm just, I just went into the thermometer, right? But just think about a thermometer for fulfillment and look at, when you wake up every day, look at where the thermometer is in terms of fulfillment and whatever behavior you have or choices you make is determining the fulfillment. But some people aren't even planning off of fulfillment. They're planning off a of settle for. You know, they're planning off of, you know how, uh, now these guys may be thinking this or not. I don't know. Hopefully they, they're not, or at least while they're around here, we won't allow them to. But you know how, like, you can't wait till you get older so you can do your own thing. 
And 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 so some of us are a lot older, but we're still playing off of the breakout. You know what the breakout was, right? Yeah, when you broke out the house, you know. And so you play off the breakout, and you couldn't wait to do your own thing. But this is the dangerous thing. The dangerous thing is, like, I, we know a lot of people, obviously 50-something years old now, I know a lot of people broke out, and that first year, it was kind of cool because they got, they, was, they got some money in their pocket, and they didn't have no money before. But then after a while, they see all these people younger or their age, and, you know, it, you know, they, 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 you know, like I know people 30-something years, you know, 30 years old, 28 years old, they were head coaches. You know, they're like, how does dude get <laughs> be a head coach? Well, he endured a little longer. Or they see this person owns a business. Or they find themselves, my wife was working for a guy, uh, his mortgage company, this dude was what, 27? Yeah, but he ain't know how to treat my wife. You know, like, he's a kid. But we should, I mean, I didn't get mad because I was like, my wife don't need to be working for him. We need to have a vision. You see what I'm saying? Instead of me getting all, well, I was bothered, but I was, I was bothered enough like, okay, I need to step it up. <laughs> see, so, so it's cute at first, but some of us are still stuck in, yeah, yeah. I do what I want to do now. My parents ain't going to tell me what to do. Was that the goal in life? Just to do what you want to do? as opposed to doing what you were purposed to do? Fulfillment should be the goal, not just relief. Not just sleep all day, or be in a bed all day, or, or be unaccountable. That's a dangerous life where you're unaccountable. You freelance. All right, so I just thought I'd throw that in as we close this out. You know, next week we're gonna talk about healing faith. So we're gonna be talking about healing for a few weeks, uh, I, I jumped the gum. I, I sent the artwork to everybody and then realized I forgot what I told you guys last week about finishing up once saved. So, all right, so let's go with uh, the people online. Uh, what did you learn today? What stood out? 